Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissaf and this is RFI Group's Insight-backed podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. The episode this week focuses on what's trending in the UK mortgage market. Victoria Bateman, Managing Director EMEA at RFI Group, shares consumer trends in the first home buyer market, drivers behind remortgaging, tactics for consumer retention and channel variances. So in today's episode, we are focusing on the mortgage market. So RFI Group runs a number of mortgage councils across the globe in a number of key markets, including the UK, which is going to be our main focus for this interview. Uh, And we're constantly examining a number of trends in the mortgage market and keeping that continuous pulse check on the industry from a consumer perspective. Uh, So our local expert here with me today is Victoria Bateman, who is our Managing Director for EMEA. So thanks for joining me, Victoria. Thank you for having me. So Vic, tell us about the Mortgage Council and some of the insights you'll be referencing today. Sure. So as you said, the UK Mortgage Council is one of a number of programmes that we run around the globe that are specifically focused on consumer activity and behaviours in relation to their mortgages. It's been running in the UK here now for around seven or eight years in total, and we are interviewing a nationally representative sample of consumers every quarter um, around everything related to their mortgage behaviours, their relationships, their attitudes, their goals. Importantly, we look at it from the perspective of both their historic and future behaviour, so what they're intending to do as well as they've done in the past. And we also break out into a number of different segments across the market. So, for example, we're looking at trends in first-time buyers, um, trends in remortgages, trends in mortgaging, moving activity as well. So I have a particular interest in first-time buyer market, because that is actually what I'm going through at the moment. So I'd be interested to see if I am in sync with uh, what we're seeing UK consumers, how they behave. Mm -hmm. But uh, what are the trends that you're seeing, particularly in the first-time buyer market? Obviously, a group of people that need more assistance as they're taking out this product. Yeah, absolutely. There's some very distinctive differences between your average first-time buyer and your average remortgager. So if we just think about some of the key trends, and actually... This is a segment in the UK where the trends are not really moving significantly over time. So the average age of a first-time buyer at the moment is still hovering around the 36 mark. We're seeing one in four future first-time buyers need some sort of financial support when they're making that decision. And also, quite interestingly, high proportions of parents and grandparents are expecting and also willing to provide that support. So there's quite a lot of focus in the market at the moment on intergenerational mortgages, for example, and Mm. lots of providers out there trying to fulfil those needs. Overall, our first-time buyers are likely to turn first to a provider that they know. Um, They rely strongly on recommendations from family and friends, and as you said, they are much more likely to seek support and advice in making their decisions. So from a channel perspective, I think there's actually a misconception in the market that millennials and first-time buyers in particular want to do everything online, Mm. and that's absolutely not the case. They're they're more likely to turn to an intermediary, they're looking for face-to-face support on what's really a huge financial decision that they're making for the very first time, Mm. Um, and they're also very heavily influenced by their parents and their peers as well. Absolutely, it's a terrifying decision to make. (laughs) Um, And so then are we seeing a massive difference with remortgages then in terms of their preferences and their behaviours? 
I wouldn't say a massive difference. The remortgaging market is probably where we're seeing slightly more change in trends over time. We're seeing, for example, a slight increase in remortgaging activity in the UK at the moment. And the biggest topic or challenge that we get asked about from our clients' perspective is around the retention side of things. That's a huge focus for the industry. As a rule of thumb, providers can expect to retain between half and two-thirds of their customers when they're making those remortgaging decisions. Um, it's still a really rate-driven market. So if you look at what's driving choice of provider, what's driving choice of product, then it's still heavily rate-driven. Um, but we are also seeing a higher propensity for consumers to be shopping around when they're making those decisions. So that's mm. something that's been uplifting, I guess, in the last couple of waves of research. Um, we're seeing challenger banks uh, seeing higher consideration but that's not yet translated into significant acquisition or significant switching. Um, and traditional providers still maintain this huge advantage in that having an existing relationship with the institution is absolutely one of the strongest drivers of mortgage choice. Uh, so at least half of mortgage holders, for example, will have some sort of existing relationship with the provider that they choose for their mortgage. And ultimately, I think when it comes to remortgaging, a lot of the time, apathy wins out. So consumers will want to stick with the provider that they know, but they also want to believe that they've received a competitive deal. And also, one of the strongest drivers of retention and of satisfaction is that feeling that they are in some way being rewarded for their loyalty. So if you can tick those boxes and reach out to customers at the optimum time, which is generally two to three months in advance of the decision, then from a retention perspective, that's generally a customer that's yours to, to lose. Hmm. When people are choosing to stay with their sort of main financial provider, is hmm. the reason they're not shifting, is it just inertia, is it trust, or is it it's too difficult to hand over all my information to a new institution? I think it's the combination of all of those things. I think they will generally go for the easy decision, hmm. but as I said, they want to believe that they are being offered some sort of incentive for staying as well right. and I think that's the biggest gap in the market at the moment and that's why consumers do end up ultimately choosing a different provider um, because they feel they're not necessarily being rewarded for their loyalty. We're obviously seeing a huge focus in the rise of digital across all of financial services and this real shift in, in channel usage but famously mortgages and as you referenced before when you're talking about first-time buyers they do need much more assistance and mm. often in the form of a human touch yeah. um, so if you can talk more on these channel trends that you're seeing where are people exploring their options how are they following through with their mortgage product etc two angles to think about from a channel perspective so first of all the direct versus intermediary split mm. and the role of the intermediary in the decision making process and then there's the physical channel that consumers use to apply for their mortgage uh, so in terms of the former um, and we track both historic activity and future activity but I'm just going to focus on what consumers plan to do in the future and whether they think if they're going to be active in the mortgage market they'll go direct or via an intermediary mm. a really steady proportion continue to say that they will use a specific channel so that's not changing over time so just under half for example who plan to be active say i'm planning on going direct and around one in four will say, I'm planning on using an intermediary and the rest remain undecided. And the largest proportion of those who are undecided will ultimately choose 
to use an intermediary. And those proportions aren't really changing um, over time. And then from a physical challenge perspective, if we take capability out of the equation, so can they do what they want to do online, um, and just focus on the channels that consumers would prefer to use, there continues to be, as you said, that really strong skew towards face-to-face channels. Mm. So whether that's via an intermediary or direct, around one in five consumers would like to be able to go through the entire process online if they could do that. Mm. Um, And that's a trend that's stayed constant over the last couple of years. So that's not an area that we're seeing a significant uplift. And all of our digital research, as you've said, it shows that increased desire for digital banking. But along with seeking investment advice, resolving queries and complaints, consumers show the lowest appetite for completing mortgage applications digitally. And and that's something that's not changing. They want that face-to-face interaction or contact. Um, What is changing is the research process. So significantly, uh, consumers are more and more likely to be conducting the research side of things online. And that's why it's really imperative, I think, from a focus perspective, that that end-to-end process is seamless in terms of being able to use digital channels to research and to make the first part of the decision and then move on to whatever channel that they, they want to use to ultimately make the application and have that support within there. Fantastic. Well, that's a great overview. And I think it really shows what the opportunities are for the players in this mortgage space. Um, So thanks so much for sharing those insights today with us, Vic. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Next up, I sat down with John Caulfield, Head of Mortgages at Paradigm Mortgage Services, who discusses the current state of the UK mortgage market, remortgaging as a switching opportunity, and the influence of digital on loan applications. Today, I'm joined by John Caulfield, Head of Mortgages at Paradigm Mortgage Services, who have recently been awarded Best Mortgage Club at the 2018 Mortgage Strategy Awards. Thanks very much for joining me today. You're welcome. With recent tax and regulatory changes across the UK and other impending rate rises, there's a lot to be discussed. Can you start by sharing a bit of an overview of the current state of the market? The market is overall fairly steady. If, if you look at sort of net lending versus gross lending. But there's a lot of different pressures that are coming to play. Obviously, we've got Brexit on the mm. horizon and what impact that may or may not have. And I think we've already seen Bank of England start its positioning by having the uh, rate increase mm. over the summer. Potentially, we could see another rate increase before then. So that those are sort of external factors that are, are always in everyone's mind. And I think uh, the effect of those is uh, not as many house buyers are actually putting their existing homeowners are putting their houses up for sale at the moment. Yeah. So what we've seen in, in the market is remortgaging is, is leading the way. Yeah. The remortgage market is keeping particularly the intermediary sector going. And it's hard to get exact figures because lenders report in, in different ways. But remortgaging is potentially making up about 75, maybe 80% of the total market. And and there's lots of opportunities in in the remortgage market. For example, between uh, the last four months of this year, there's somewhere around about £84 billion worth of mortgages that are coming off rates Mm. and potentially moving on to to SVRs, standard variable rates. So an interesting time, particularly for competition as well. And when it comes to things, I mean, obviously rates are going to determine who 
customers are choosing predominantly, but are there other incentives or offers that are... Yeah, it, it's people tend to start at rates. Yeah. Rates gets people in through the door. But once people start going through, are they eligible for a mortgage? I won't say the rate becomes secondary, but it's more about the criteria. It's the age-old thing. No one actually wants a mortgage. What people want is a home, a place yeah, to live. Yeah, Yes, and, and all that the mortgage does is, is enable you to have that. And particularly with the way rates are at the moment, you know, historically low, you shouldn't get too hung up if you're borrowing a few hundred thousand pounds and, and one mortgage is going to cost £15 a month more than another. Quite often the client comes in through the door because they've seen a rate. Certain banks are very good at making sure they're at the top of the best buy table. But then when you look at the eligibility to receive that, quite often you're going to be having a loan of less than uh, 60% loan to value. You've got to have a minimum income of 70000 mm-hmm. and And there's a whole bunch of criteria. So those, those sorts of deals will hardly ever be available to first-time buyers. And you mentioned earlier a number of borrowers, their fixed-term rate mortgages are coming towards yes. an end now, and remortgaging is quite topical at the moment. So with switching in mind, or the potential for switching yes. in mind, what can organisations do to encourage customer attention? This is actually quite a, a topical battleground, particularly in the intermediary space. For years, lenders have not reported the number of clients that have what they call ported their mortgages. This year, for the first time, the lenders are reporting on what's happening on portability and also paying the brokers a fee for getting involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And what it's mean is that the levels of it are at all-time high because brokers have a vested interest now in making sure the clients have the, the correct product. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, their only sort of opportunity was to remortgage them away. Yeah. Whereas the best advice could be stay with that lender. And with the recent regulatory changes, how have you seen this influence the mortgage sector in the UK? It's made it more professional. And it, it also means, I think it's doing what it set out to achieve, which was a better customer and consumer outcome. Yeah. And one thing I'm convinced about is that's what's happened. If you go back sort of uh, 11, 15 years, the regulation amongst, particularly amongst mortgage brokers, was bordering on non-existent. Mm-hmm. And even for the first few years post-regulation, which came in uh, towards the end of 2004, it was a very, very light touch. MMR, I think, moved us on leaps and bounds because it really focused in on what is the client's needs, not what have I got on the shelf that I want to sell to as many potential mortgage borrowers as possible. If if you go into a high street branch of, say, Nationwide or Santander now and say, right, I'd like a mortgage, when can I see someone? You'd be lucky to see an advisor within two weeks. Whereas if you you phone up a broker or go see a broker, you're going to see them pretty quickly indeed and they can start the process. And I guess on that point, trying to get things moving in a timely process, a lot of banking products you can see now being applied for on digital channels. Mm, Yes. How are you seeing technology influence this space? Some of the, I mean, some of that is, is a bit smoke and mirrors. They tend to advertise the fact quite heavily that, yeah, it's all online, but they know, as everyone else, what the client doesn't know until they go through the process. You have to speak to an advisor. The, the, the regulation at this stage won't let you complete the whole transaction online. But it's having many benefits, I think, for, for our industry. It has shaken some things up. And it's made 
all lenders look at, well, how do we transact business, not only directly with the borrower, but with the brokers as well, mm -hmm. and how do we make it more joined up? Where can technology help us speed the process along? We're seeing many leaps and bounds at the moment in, in that happening through sort of straight through processing, through having CRM systems that are linked to sourcing systems, that are, are linked to the lender's systems or third-party systems, so that you only need to input details once and, and it goes, goes through. It's in its infancy and there's a lot of touch points still, but yeah. it's a process we have to go through and ultimately we will have much smoother system for for borrowers that the ones leading the way are the smaller challenger banks mm -hmm. they don't have these big legacy systems that yeah. the large high street banks have you know most people almost when they're buying anything these days will start on the internet you know whether it's a mortgage whether it's a car uh, tv video whatever people will start on the internet mm -hmm. and if you can kind of stay on that for as long as possible a lot of people will see that as a good thing exactly Try and get them to start applying once they've done their research. Exactly. My own opinion is people should be seeking help from mortgage professionals. Yeah. It's a major investment. For most people, a mortgage will be the biggest single financial transaction they undertake in their lifetime. You get you it right get it early right. on yeah. and, and, sure. and speak to people who've got a lot of experience. But I would say that working in the intermediary sector. <laughs> and just wrapping up, I'd love to know your predictions for the UK mortgage market the year ahead? Barring Brexit, I don't think there's going to be too many changes. If, if we could remove Brexit from the equation, mm. I think interest rates are going to be, remain low for the next four to five years minimum. I still see remortgaging as being the uh, sort of driver okay. for the market. The, the UK housing market is very divided. London is sort of on a downward slide mm. at the moment, but maybe it should be. You only need to go back sort of three, four years and growth in London was getting on for about 18% a year. That's not sustainable. We're seeing pockets elsewhere in the country that are growing quite well, mm -hmm. parts of the West Midlands, uh, uh, for example. But elsewhere in the country, that's still pretty slow. The northeast is pretty flat. So I, th I think we're going to see a market that is still quite cautious. Hopefully we get a good Brexit because I think that will release some of the pent-up demand. And I think post that, if we get a good Brexit, we will see more people have the confidence to put their houses up for sale. Mm -hmm. uh, because there isn't enough coming to market at the moment. If you look at all the indices, it's, it's relatively flat. Well, thank you so much, John, for joining us for those insights and predictions for the year ahead. It was great to have you on the show. Uh, you're most welcome. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GDB Podcast, or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.